0: The view into the engine room, so to speak, uh, last week interrupted a series of sevens in the visions that John is seeing in heaven. In chapters 4 to 7, if you can cast your mind that far back, uh, he he saw seven seals uh, and the seventh seal then triggered seven trumpets that ran through chapters 8 to 11. Uh, Now, despite that interruption of the three sixes last week, uh, John sees a third vision of sevens, seven angels with seven plagues in chapter 15 and verse 1. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing. Seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. Uh, And those seven plagues, it seems, are also conveyed in this vision by way of seven golden bowls down in verse 7. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Uh, So if we skip over, I guess, that uh, engine room scene, chapters 12 and 14 uh, last week, uh, what John has otherwise been shown is a series of three sets of seven, seals, trumpets, and now bowls. Uh, and with a subtle ramping up across those three visions. uh, In that, for one thing, there was only one kind of seven in that first vision, uh, seven seals. There were two kinds of seven in the second vision he saw, seven angels and seven trumpets. And now there's three kinds of seven in this third vision, seven angels, seven plagues, seven bowls, as if to slowly ramp up the intensity of what John is being shown. And yet so too, and more importantly I think, the perspective has been rising across those three visions of seven. The perspective that is in terms of God's people uh, in the seven seals vision, the people of God were uh, feeling the pain of waiting for God's judgment to fall on his enemies you might remember seal number five being broken in chapter six and verse 11 it was the souls of those who were slain for the word of god and yet the number of those slain not having yet been filled god's people were in distress in that vision waiting for god's judgment to be complete Uh, then with the seven trumpets vision it was actually kind of hard to tell where god's people were in that vision but at the very least they seem to have been protected from the locusts if you recall chapter 9 and verse 4 now though with the the seven plagues the people of god are clearly back in view here once again Uh, but now we see that they've been lifted up high above all these things Uh, so John sees in verse 2, And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Here are the people of God in this third vision of sevens. Those who conquer the beast and its image and the number of its name, uh, standing above the judgment, it does seem, uh, beside the sea of glass mixed with fire and with heavenly harps in their hands. Uh, We saw the harps part of that, actually, in the engine room scene last week. It was at the start of chapter 14, if you recall. It's right there on that same page, chapter 14, verse 1. Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him... 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads and I, I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters like the sound of a loud thunder and the voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. The multitude Uh, spread across the holy hill, standing with Jesus and singing a new song before the throne. That's the people of God who he has redeemed out of the world. Uh, Now we see in this new vision here that they stand beside this fire glass sea, Uh, or on that sea even, we could also translate. Uh, And I think what that picture is trying to convey is that they stand above the fire of judgment, safe from that fire, that is to say, as if the fallout of God's wrath in these seven final plagues is it's like it's been fixed in resin beside them, such that they cannot fall through into that pain. No, they watch on, uh, but are safe, uh, singing indeed. Uh, just as Jesus had said, actually, in John's Gospel, in John chapter 5, and and please hear it today, He said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. The fire glass sea seems to be a a way of capturing that gospel truth in picture language here. Captured in that song too, mind you, verse 3. Just as Israel had once stood beside the Red Sea with Moses, singing and praising God like this after he had saved all his people and drowned all his enemies. They stood there watching the dead bodies of the Egyptians floating in that sea and they sang God's praise. So too in this vision they sing here. Uh, it's almost as if across these three visions of seven the more John has had revealed to him by Jesus the things that must come the more John has uh, been able to see that the people of God redeemed by the blood of the lamb are safe in terms of this judgment and this wrath they are free from this that must come and by this third vision it's almost as if they'll watch it unfold on tv there's a sea of fire but from where they stand it has been set like glass at their feet or even under their feet Uh, and perhaps even that picture here conveys that the saints will watch over that judgment Uh, in chapters 4 to 7 the lamb broke those seals Uh, he of course is fundamental to this judgment But in the second vision, chapters 8 to 11, there were angels sounding those seven trumpets, if you recall. Uh, And I asked the question uh, back then that perhaps those angels represented the church the way that they did in chapters 2 and 3. It was as if in that second vision, the church must sound out this warning of the wrath that must come. Uh, And perhaps now in this third vision of sevens, those angels might still represent the church. I got to wondering this week, as if to say that uh, in some way the church will oversee with Jesus the pouring out of this God's wrath when judgment day does come. I wonder if that could tie in with the ramping up of these visions, that just as Jesus told us in the Gospels, those who follow him will also sit on thrones to judge unbelievers. As Paul tells us, uh, we are even to judge angels in some way. Could that be what Jesus is trying to show us in this picture here? That the church of the redeemed will stand beside the sea of judgment and by way of the angels of the churches. Is Is he trying to say that in some way the church will pour out these bowls of wrath on those who refuse to repent and believe and on Satan and all his fallen angels? Maybe that would be stretching this vision of the fire glassy sea too far. To have the church participate in this judgment when it comes. But at any rate, John's eyes sure do seem to be lifting across these visions from the earthly trial and tribulation that he himself had identified, if you remember, as having to endure way back in chapter 1. But his eyes are lifting through these cycling visions of seven to take a better hold of the certainty that in actual fact he does have of security and safety and peace in terms of the heavenly, the, the eternal reality of all these things because he is in Jesus. Uh, And in that sense, uh, although he finds himself even to be a partner in the tribulation with us, as he said in chapter 1 and verse 9, nevertheless he now knows through this revelation from Jesus now that it's not just that he will have conquered uh, the beast and its image and its number and its name on that final day, but so too that he is therefore even now conquering those things. In the midst of his tribulation and point being all of us who believe in Jesus the same, we are conquering. Uh, Indeed in the Greek of verse 2, literally he says he sees those who are conquering, present tense ongoing, conquering the evil things of the previous vision last week, having stood upon the sea in their future it does seem which is kind of what we thought about last week, that knowing the future informs our now because we will be stood upon that sea having overcome on that day and we are therefore overcoming today if we are already in the Lord Jesus. Uh, One way I reckon we could capture both angles in English would be just to say that he sees here those who conquer I mean, uh, I think that gets both the unfolding aspect now and the finished aspect still to come. I looked and I saw those who conquer the beast. Um, which again takes us right back to our letters, by the way, at the start of all this, where Jesus said to the seven angels of those seven churches in John's day, to those who conquer Chapter 2, verse 7. If you want to look it up, to those who conquer, he will grant to eat of the tree of life in the paradise of God. Those who conquer, chapter 2, verse 11, will not be hurt by the second death when it comes. To those who conquer, he said, chapter 2, verse 17, that he will give some of the hidden manna and a white stone and a new name written on that stone that no one knows except he who receives it. To those who conquer, chapter 2 26 jesus will give to them authority over the nations those who conquer chapter 3 verse 5 jesus will clothe in white garments never blot out of his book those who conquer chapter 3 verse 12 jesus will make them as a pillar in the temple of his god with god's name and and jesus's new name and the name of god's city written on their heads to those who conquer, 321, he would grant to sit with him on his throne, just as he also conquered and sat down with his father on his throne. Here they now all are, in chapter 15, those who conquer, And they conquer all that evil, that is, of chapters 12 to 14 in the engine room last week. They conquer it, lest we forget, by the blood of the Lamb and their testimony of that. Chapter 12, verse 11. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives, even unto death. They held fast with their faith, in jesus that is to say they conquered Uh, tribulation therefore is to be expected my friends Uh, and all manner of earthly suffering and trial will be par for the course just as it was for john in his day but victory is for those who keep their faith in jesus here is the call to endurance as we've seen through this book of revelation and so too that's where this third vision of sevens finishes up if we fast forward uh, to chapter 21 over the page or two chapter 21 and verse 7 uh, if you'd like to see the one who conquers will have this heritage and i will be his god and he will be my son to conquer and To receive eternal life with God is to have faith that stays in Jesus. Come whatever may. Uh, Spoiler alert, I probably should have said before jumping ahead to chapter 21. (laughs) So too, I suppose, uh, that this third round of sevens seems to run all the way through there to chapter 21. Uh, One of the seven angels with the seven bowls of the seven last plagues is still talking to John there even a bit further into chapter 21. Uh, So we'll get there in due course. But we'll pace ourselves through this vision, Lord willing, for a few weeks. Uh, if you want to dig around in that concept though of conquering where we pick it up here in chapter 15 and verse 2, uh, if you want to dig around without the picture language that is of, of standing beside this fire glass sea, then John also catches that very same truth in his first letter, uh, 1 John, uh, with the same Greek word. Uh, there our ESV uh, renders it overcome rather than conquer but Give it a read later and you'll see the very same thing. 1 John, we will conquer in Jesus and so we are conquering right now. And by what is the point? By our faith in Jesus. We will stand beside the fireglass. sea if we have come under Jesus. And so we should learn to see ourselves that way right now. The other side to this vision is what's taking place in that fire glass sea. Uh, As if it's happening though in another dimension to where the saints will stand, but nevertheless the wrath of God in these plagues must be poured out. Uh, And some of the plagues in these seven bowls that we've read through just today uh, flesh out or or double up uh, with what we saw in the second vision of sevens with the trumpet warnings. Uh, Some kind of crossover with almost all of these bowls, in fact. Uh, And as we saw in chapters 8 to 11, some of them are also therefore very similar to the plagues in Egypt way back at the time of that exodus. There's also a bit of connection with uh, the first vision of sevens in chapters 4 to 7, but uh, less so, all of which makes me think that there's a development of these things Uh, being repeated between these visions but conveying the same thing that the day of the lord is what this is about the day of the lord and the difference now being i think that in this third vision that day has now come no more opening seals and things being revealed no more trumpets being sounded in warning the day of the lord is here revelation 16. But as I did mention a few weeks back, you're welcome to think of these different visions as as different things, separate things, separate judgment events even. Uh, At any rate though, now that John has seen into that engine room, so to speak, uh, of the spiritual forces at play in all these things that we saw last week, the dragon and the beast and the image and the mark of the beast, another vision here might help him capture for us the sheer gravity of God's judgment on that day when it comes Uh, let's skip i reckon to the sixth angel and the sixth bowl down in verse 12 the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river euphrates and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east and i saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God, the Almighty. The day of the Lord is here, Revelation chapter 16. Uh, And the forces of evil we were thinking through last week drive the forces of all those on earth who reject God to assemble them for battle verse 16 they assembled at the place that in hebrew is called armageddon evil is about to be judged once and for all and yet it gathers itself before god as if it will conquer him but take heed if you are not of the people of god Standing up safe beside that glass sea, the fire of God will come down and consume all his adversaries in one fell sweep. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out from the temple, from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder and a great earthquake such as there had never been since man was on the earth so great was that earthquake the great city was split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and god remembered babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath and every island fled away and no mountains were to be found and great hailstones about a hundred pounds each fell from heaven on people and they cursed God for the plague of the hail, because that plague was so severe. It doesn't end with that hail, I don't think. The vision goes on, as I say, and swirling around a bit with perspective shifts and so on as it goes. But here's the bottom line: you can already see today, if you have not yet come under God, the day of God's judgment will be as full and final as His words here depict, and. That truth is written all the way through these scriptures, not just in here in chapter 16. If you would be saved from wrath on that day, then you must only repent and come under God. Turn from your sin and trust in the blood of Jesus to pay for that sin and then follow him. But just as we saw in the previous vision of sevens, the one thing that these people simply will not do is that. They will not repent and come before God. God's judgment is holy and righteous and perfect and good, as all the angels do say there in verses 4 through 7, so too as per the song of the saints in chapter 15. But despite all the horror of this and the calamity as it falls, as if God is giving them the greatest warning he possibly can, they still won't repent. No, the opposite, it says in verse 21. They curse the name of God, for that's all they can do. They have come under the name of the beast. Look at the fourth and fifth angels before the wicked assemble for this war. The fourth angel, verse 8, poured out his bowl on the sun and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast And its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Sometimes believers agonize over or question the nature of God's judgment of the wicked that will come on that day. And it is truly an awful thing, to sit here and consider. But here we see some important clarity in the reality of that. The the wicked will only harden themselves against God. They mean to go to war with God, as we see here. What should he do, would we think, if, if that's the situation? What should he do? And sometimes on the other side of that coin... Unbelievers uh, sometimes hide behind this great illusion that, that they just don't need to deal with all this stuff yet. Uh, that you know they can repent and come later. Uh, they think you know, they hear this call, and they may even know at some level instinctively that they are wrong. But you know they just decide not yet. And maybe in their subconscious thinking, they even presume upon God's patience and, and think that they might repent on their deathbed. Let's say if they get that chance of course but will they is it wise for someone to even think that way even if they do get that chance will they repent and come before God these visions of sevens really challenge that way of thinking if you know that this judgment is coming then Why would you not repent and seek forgiveness right away? If you really would repent at some later date in your life, then ask yourself today, why won't you now? The danger in that thinking, you see, is is that your heart might actually be like the people in this sea. That actually, when push comes to shove, you might harden your heart even more against God later on. The only way, really, you can be sure is if this brings you into repentance today. Uh, and all the more so when you realise what Jesus, as he, as he so often says and again says here, uh, even interrupting this vision with his great warning on that very score, uh, Behold, I am coming like a thief, i.e. you won't know when. You may not get that chance. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. The urge of that warning is that you need to get right with God right now. You simply cannot wait and hope to have that chance later. And if if you really do believe that God is good and holy and that he will judge uh, those who reject him as he should, then, then you really wouldn't wait. And many of us have actually been in that position ourselves uh, earlier in our lives, uh, in days of old. Uh, We knew the gospel, but we just didn't do anything at that time. And we know now that when we finally did come to repentance, well, that was actually the moment that God finally convicted us of our sin, our depth and our depravity, sunk in so great and so urgent so dire was our crisis that we simply could not wait we had to fall down in repentance because we at last truly wanted to be saved and we will be brothers and sisters is the point of this vision as will all will be who come to repentance and faith in the lord jesus Again, hear what he did say in John chapter 5, it's verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Or by way of the picture language here in Revelation 16 that he gives us, those who conquer By faith in Jesus, they will stand beside the fire glass sea on Judgment Day. Others will not repent, uh, no matter what, and despite the calamity that falls upon them on that day. So the decision point around all that should be fairly easy if you need to make that call today. Indeed, Jesus has not revealed these things to us so that we know how to navigate that day when that day does come, but to make sure that we are right with him today. And then if we have done that, to live our lives knowing that we are right with him without any shadow of doubt as we wait for that day. So we must proclaim this warning in here to those who have not yet come under Jesus. Again, please hear it today. Repent. For the kingdom of Jesus is at hand. Repent and be saved. So, too, we must give the comfort and the assurance in here for those who have that by our simple penitent faith in Jesus, just like so, just as He called us, we will most certainly be saved. We will most certainly be standing beside the glassy sea, or on it indeed. We will be safe on that great and glorious day. Indeed, singing, we will be standing there on that day. And we must always be cutting clarity into the church around those two places. Because in the letters at the start of this revelation, Jesus had said that he would first sort through his church in readiness for all this. (laughs) That he would come and war against those in his his church, he said, who weren't truly faithful, chapter 2, verse 16. That he would throw them into great tribulation if they did not repent of their ways, 2.22. Give each one of them according to their works, 2.23. Come like a thief against them, he said in chapter 3 and verse 3. Uh, all of which should make it pretty clear to us jesus has given this revelation to his church and for today Uh, we are the ones who must apply these things not just use this as some kind of or think of this as some kind of way to to speculate about future events to apply these truths today Must use this vision John receives as part of the process by which Jesus would have us, his church, conquer or overcome today. This is the revelation he has given to you and I to be using today. Because it's a mixed community, the church here and now. But it won't be on that final day. And so the purpose of this apocalypse of Jesus is that we take these truths and pour these truths over our hearts today to have God search us and give us clarity of where we will stand on that day. If we sit here and find ourselves today still needing repentance and faith, then we must repent and trust in Jesus today. If we're sat here finding ourselves today having come under Jesus just like so, then, then we must be assured of our victory on that day. And we must be assured of that today. And so too, of course, it's given to us know uh, all of that. It's given to us so that we pour out the revelation of these truths over one another just the same way, that we lean into each other's lives. Press each other about our penitence and our faith and our obedience to the Lord Jesus. All of that is part and parcel of being in Jesus' church while we wait so that we are ready for that day. He has shown us the future to change us today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father we thank you for this vision we read today in chapters 15 16. Uh, We pray you would do uh, these things that you would pour the clarity of the truths running through this vision over all of our hearts today. Uh, Help us each to know where we stand so that we won't have your wrath poured out on us on that final day. Uh, So convict us Father if we still have sin unrepented. Assure us Father, if we have been brought to repentance in Jesus, give us certainty over that day. Wash over us and wash over your church with the truth of your good word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.